Okay, well, good evening, everyone. Um, <clears throat> today is uh, February 13th, Tuesday. It is 7.07. .07, and we will start, uh, this, this meeting is being recorded and will be made available on the uh, on YouTube channel um, and Medfield TV. And uh, we will start with a roll call, uh, uh, call to order. If everybody could, I'll call out your name, and then if you could just say participating, your name and participating remotely, that would be great. So, and I'm just going to do it in the order I see you all on my screen. So, Peter Michelson. Uh, Peter Michelson, present, participating by Zoom. Brent. Brent Nelson, present, participating remotely. Emily. Emily McCabe participating remotely. And Pete Saladino. Pete Saladino participating remotely. Bob. You're, you're muted, Bob. Bob Slani participating remotely. And uh, Deb. Deb Cardiser participating remotely. And Jill. Jill Rafter participating remotely. Okay, great. I know Ed Ed's trying to join us, but um, if he if he does, we'll we'll announce it when he joins. Um, <clears throat> okay, uh, so um, I think I sent around the. Uh, let me see if I can uh, just uh, quickly share my screen here. If this will work. Yeah. Can you all see that screen? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. So um, <clears throat> this is our agenda for this evening. It's um, <clears throat> basically, um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, um, approve some minutes and talk about the calendar um, and some things that are coming up. And then we're gonna go through uh, the current status of the 25 school and town budget guidance. Uh, we are, uh, <clears throat> we've had some changes to that. Um, and we, we're uh, at the stage now where we can uh, share that with everybody and talk about those changes. And then um, there's some smaller town departments uh, that we will uh, go through. Uh, we'll get a very quick school building committee update from Pete. Um, and then uh, we'll talk about, um, if you remember, we in the fall, we talked about free cash. Um, and we'll talk about um, an update to that and changes that, that where that stands currently. And then um, we'll go through uh, the warrant article list for the 2024 town meeting and the changes uh, on that. Anybody have any questions on that agenda? Okay. Um, this is um, this is our uh, calendar, um, and um, there's um, you know there's uh, no new meetings that have been added. Um, the one agenda item that we were planning on doing this evening uh, for the school department budget briefing has been moved to the twenty seventh, and. Um, and so um, we, that, that will take up that meeting, most of that meeting. 
And then it'll either be the 12th or the 19th, but probably the 19th, but I, I need to confirm with uh, Gene Minio, but the, the uh, citizens petition on the, uh, the Bell Forge Arts Center uh, petition, we'll discuss that on the, on the, one of those dates, probably the 19th, but I'll let, I'll let everybody know. In the meantime, if anyone has questions that they would like that aren't answered or information that's not provided or questions that haven't been answered in the, in the uh, submission that Gene has uh, given to us, I sent around, please let me know and I will get them to Gene and she can um, address them prior to coming in. Uh, to talk about that citizen's petition. Uh, but other than that, the, the uh, you know, the, the schedule is pretty much the same. Deb is, um, has the meeting minute assignment for this meeting. And let's see, with that, I don't know if I did send around a draft of the, um, the January 30th meeting minutes. And um, I don't know if anybody had any comments or questions on those. Anybody? No? Okay. Well, if not, I would entertain a, um, a motion to approve those minutes. Move to approve the January 30th, 224 minutes as submitted. Is there a second? Second. Second. Okay. So I have to do a, uh, a roll call vote here. Um, let's see, we have, uh, I've got to be able to find you all on my screen here, but uh, um, okay, why don't we go with, uh, um, I guess we'll just do, uh, why don't we, why don't we do Bob? Yes. Um, Jill? Yes. Brent? Yes, approved. Pete Michelson? Yes. Emily? Yes. Uh, Deb? Yes. And uh, Pete Saladino? Yes. Okay, I think I got everybody. All right, motion passes. And I'm, I'm a yes. Sorry, I'm a yes. Um, Steve Callahan is a yes. All right, so that um, takes care of that agenda item. So the next agenda item is, um, is going to be, uh, let's see, what do we have next? We have, oh, the, the discussion of the uh, 25 uh, school and town budget guidance. So just by way of background here, um, everybody remembers in the fall, we provided some guidance uh, after reviewing all of the revenue, forecasted revenue and the fixed uh, costs. Um, you know, we, we, we implemented the new budget um, program for the fiscal 25 and provided upfront guidance to the, uh, the school departments and the towns on what we would expect um, a balanced budget to look like uh, within the prop two and a half framework. And at the time we, we uh, put that 
guidance together, there were sort of two items that we knew were sort of, um, you know, potentially subject to change. Um, and one was the state aid. We had, you know, we had budgeted a 1% increase in state aid. <clears throat> and um, we knew we hadn't actually gotten the governor's budget at that point. Um, and then the other was uh, the health insurance. Uh, and so the um, the health insurance, if you'll you'll hear more about that this evening, but basically, you remember that was um, uh, in the process of uh, being uh, a through going through a plan redesign and having negotiations with all the unions, and that took some time to accomplish and uh, get through, and we've now sort of reached reached the end of that process for health insurance. And um, Christine and uh, and Frank will will take us through that. Um, so what we sent out in the materials uh, for this meeting is the the revised um, uh, budget guidance. And I think at this point I'll let uh, Frank. Do you want to take us through this? Actually, Steve, if I could lead off, I've actually put together a presentation uh, because okay. I think it's important where health insurance is, you know, a $5 million, essentially a $5 million line item in our budget. And I know I talked uh, last year at length about the PEC process and the plan design process, but I thought it'd be helpful for our new members and kind of a refresher for everybody of where we are on health insurance. So Frank's actually going to begin the presentation, uh, run the slides for me. Okay, great. I stopped sharing, so you should be all set, Frank. There we go. Okay. There we go. So in Massachusetts, health insurance is a mandatory subject of collective bargaining. It falls um, under Massachusetts General Law 150E. Um, any plan design change prior to 2011, any plan design change, any co-payment design change, basically anything that a municipality wanted to do in terms of health insurance, you were required to enter into collective bargaining with every union. Um, rising health insurance costs, both in Massachusetts and nationally, um, were becoming an issue. Just prior to 2011, Governor Patrick was able to pass landmark health insurance reform, which streamlined the process, and it took Chapter 30B, 32B, Section 19, which is the existing health insurance um, law, and it expanded it to Section 21 to 23, which allowed you to form a PEC and negotiate directly with the unions. It was designed so that towns could automatically join what Massachusetts calls the GIC, which is the Group Insurance Commission, uh, and that is the insurance that's provided to state employees. So it streamlined the way towns could join that group. Um, uh, Medfield chose not to do anything in 2011, um, and we continued on the road that we were we were with, which was our insurance um, through Maya. If you can change the next one. Okay, so currently we offer health insurance to all of our full-time active and retired employees, and that's school in town. And that's why we have separated that out as a fixed cost. You don't see that in any one singular budget um, because it provide, it's provided to both school and town. 
In 2009, just prior to the health insurance change, we joined Maya Health Benefit Trust, which is one of the largest municipal purchasing collaboratives in the nation. There's currently 180 cities and towns that are part of Maya for health insurance. Uh, once you add property and casualty into that, that number expands to about 345. One of the things uh, to point out prior to 2009, we were completely self-insured. Um, we basically ran our own health benefit trust and we joined the, we worked with the IAC to make that transition in 2009 to Maya and turn that over to third-party monitoring. It was a huge benefit uh, to the employees to do that for a couple of reasons. One uh, was in terms of HIPAA, and the other was in terms of a better benefit cost because we were bidding our health insurance um, with only the pool of our employees, which was rather small at the time. So the coverage we currently provide through Maya is Blue Cross Blue Shield, we offer an HMO, a PPO, we offer an HMO high deductible plan, and then we offer a MedEx plan to our retirees. And we do offer also a voluntary dental insurance and that, through, that is through Delta Dental. Health insurance is a cost sharing relationship. So we share the total cost uh, of health insurance with our employees. So for example, if you are an, uh, a town employee on the HMO, or the HMO high deductible plan, the town pays 62% of that cost and the employee is responsible for 38%. If you're an active employee on our PPO plan, then the town covers 50% of that plan and the employee is responsible for 50%. And retirees on the HMO or the MedEx plan are 50% as well. We have roughly 10 employees um, who are on the HMO plan who are retired because they're not eligible for Medicare. Currently, if you retire prior to 65 and you go on Medicare, you're automatically enrolled in our MedEx plan. Next slide. So the IAC, um, IAC is an insurance advisory committee and they have had a history of working uh, with my predecessor, predecessor, Michael Sullivan. They were a very active IAC. They worked very closely when we transitioned from self-insured to the Maya Health Benefits Trust. Um, they have been a fantastic group to work with. Um, I can't speak a lot to their relationship with, with Michael, so I can talk to them. I can talk to you directly when I took over in 2019 um, that they were tremendous. They actually led the charge um, in the fall of 2020 for the fiscal year 21 budget. They led the charge on plan design changes that uh, saved the town uh, a significant amount of money particularly when we had a very rough budget year. For those of you that remember our outdoor town meeting, health insurance was, was a big concern of ours uh, in 2020. In 2022, Maya predicted a 9% increase for Medfield and they come out, uh, usually they're out in the beginning. They're out in the beginning. Oops, sorry, usually they're out in the beginning. I'm not sure what's going on. Hey, um, uh, I, think, I think I know the problem. Uh, can you... Um... Uh, can you promote iPhone 6? I think that's uh, Ed Ozella as a panelist. And I, th I just muted him. So hopefully he won't he won't uh, speak. But he should be promoted as a panelist. Frank. I think I see him as a panelist. Oh, he is? Okay. Yeah, right. he's on there. Okay, good. 
Um, so Maya comes out in January and they let us know in 2022 that there, we were anticipating a 9% increase from Medfield. And that is not, um, was not uncommon. Uh, two years ago, we were seeing health insurance costs, uh, rise throughout the country. Um, and in terms of Medfield, we experienced a tremendous amount of people who were not using our services, our health insurance services in 2021, obviously due to the pandemic, 2022, our, our, our experience rate um, was lowered. So we were anticipating a 9% increase. The IAC met and we had several conversations and I know I, I kept the warrant committee updated on these. I was very concerned that our employees could not handle a 9% increase, both the cost of living um, and inflation. That was too much to ask our employees to take on and obviously too much for the town to handle in our budget increase. So the IAC worked to put together a voluntary plan design change. Now, I, just to um, make clear, while health insurance is a mandatory subject of bargaining, the IAC can propose voluntary plan design changes. All unions would need to agree to those plan design changes. So we worked with Maya and came up with a plan design change that would have introduced a low deductible, and that would have brought that 9% increase down to a 2.7% increase. And even with the tremendous work by Nancy McLaughlin, who was chair of the IAC, we were not successful in, uh, in asking all of the unions for that voluntary uh, sign-on for the plan design change. So unfortunately, all of our employees saw an 8.7% increase on July 1st of 2023. I had been very open with the IAC and the employees that we were not going to be able to sustain those increases like that. And I was asking the board to adopt what's called Chapter 32B, Section 19. I did not take the 32B 21 to 23 route, which would have streamlined the process and it would have mandated those health insurance changes. I, as I told you last year, have a great relationship with the IAC and I thought we could get it done together and we needed to have a collaborative effort on that. Next slide. So we formed the PEC just after September. Um, the PEC is the Public Employment Committee and there's representation on that committee from all unions. I will tell you one of the things that makes me disappointed and sad in this process is that my non-union employees no longer have a seat at the table. While they have representation on the IAC, they do not have representation on the PEC. So there was representation on the PEC from all unions and it's a weighted vote based on union membership. You then negotiate directly with the PEC. So we had several meetings. We proposed back and forth proposals to, to find the best possible plan design change. And I'm happy to report that earlier this month uh, in January, we came to a plan design change that resulted in cost savings. We now have a three-year MOU with the PEC that will cover fiscal year 25, 26, and 27. The biggest change to that is our HMO and our PPO plans now include a low deductible of $500 and $1,000. Christine, can I, can I just interrupt for one second? Absolutely. Ed Vazella, if you can hear me, can you speak and speak your name and say you're participating remotely? Unmute yourself and do that. You should be a panelist now. Ed Vazella, participating remotely. Awesome. Hi, <laughs> Thank you. 
Good evening. Thank you. It was, it was a trial. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, Christine. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. So I put together, oops, wait, if you can go back one. There you go. So I just put together a quick um, illustration of what this actually means to make this change. So when we were talking with the insurance company in January, we were looking at an 8.66% increase. Um, so what that means is, and I'm pointing to my screen so I can show you because I'm so used to talking with my hands. So that would mean in an individual on our HMO plan, the total cost of that plan per year is $12,554.52. The town share of that for the year, $7,783.80, and the employee share for the year, $4,772. That was the proposed rate increase. The PEC agreement brings that total cost down for an individual on the HMO plan to $11,320.08. You can see the, the breakdown further. It's really important when you look at the family plan that the proposed rate increase of the 8.66 the total cost of a family HMO plan is $32,659.44. And I'm illustrating the HMO plans for you versus the other plans because this is our most popular right now and has the no largest number of subscribers on it. Um, with that PEC agreement, we've actually been able to reduce that increase to a negative 2.02 for everyone. And that brings the total cost of that family HMO plan down to $29,448. So that's a significant savings uh, for the town overall in this uh, cost sharing agreement. So just some other uh, highlights in this PEC agreement. You'll see the overall reduction in our plan cost was 700,978. That is the total cost. The employees will save $278,292 this year based on these plan design changes. And the town saving is 422 $1,686. One of the things we worked on the PEC agreement in order to get this plan design change is that we agreed to have additional cost savings with the employees. So for example, this year in December of 2024, they will have a one-time premium holiday and we will reduce their uh, health insurance cost in the month of December for $250 for an individual and $500 for a family. We've also agreed to set up flexible spending accounts for all eligible employees. Prior to this agreement, only school employees were eligible for flexible spending accounts. Town employees were not eligible for that. We are also doing a contribution increase to the HSA for all employees on the high deductible HMO plan. We've also been able to reduce the cost on that high deductible HMO plan, making it a more attractive plan than our typical regular HMO plan. We are also actually offering now a new voluntary vision and dental plan. Um, and we are making that dental plan will transition to Blue Cross Blue Shield, and it is a better benefit and lower uh, voluntary rate for employees. And the voluntary vision plan is new. And then I'm gonna turn this over to Frank in just a few seconds, uh, and he can show you what this, uh, $422,000 savings results in, but is there any questions particularly on municipal health insurance or what the town offers to our employees? I had one question. Sure. Um, when you showed the negative 2.06%, mm -hmm. was that negative 2.06% compared to the 8%? So was it 6% or was it down year over year 2%? 
It's going to be down two point minus two point two oh two percent. Yep. So that's is that that's effectively like a ten percent swing. Correct. Because yep. it was going up eight, now it's going down too. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So it saves uh, for an individual um, on the HMO plan saves approximately thirty dollars a month versus what they're paying now. So they'll have the cost reduction. They will have the high deductible, uh, the low deductible plan. Um, plan design changes and the tiered hospital costs, but the cost yeah. savings in the premium holiday should offset that for the first year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, well, I'll, I'll I'll hold my comments until Frank gets through his his uh, section. Quick, quick question: sure. um, Is um, is this something that the PEC has voted to adopt? It's a done deal. Yes, we voted in January. Um, all of the unions have voted. The MOU that you received in your packet is unsigned. I have two uh, two representatives that, of the unions that need to come in and sign it. Uh, they were thrown off by the blizzard today, so they should be in by the end of the week to sign it, and then we'll uh, post that. We'll have a PEC website and post all of that information up there. It was a pretty fearsome blizzard, so that's understandable. <laughs> Any uh, more questions? Okay, then Frank's gonna walk you through how we anticipate that savings is going to show up in our fiscal year 25 budget. Okay, so. <clears throat> Switch the screens here. All right. So um, now that we have our rates uh, as of Friday, um, we go ahead and use those to determine what we're going to budget for next fiscal year. Um, so this table right here on the left is a summary of our headcount, uh, the number of employees who are enrolled in the town offered health plans. Uh, so our total right now, including the retirees, most of which are in this medics, these two medics categories right here, our total headcount is 613 um, enrollees. So those could be in either individual plans or family plans. So that's not necessarily um, you know the amount of people that are covered. That's just the, the amount of uh, either employees or retirees that have elected for coverage. Uh, I should note that this number fluctuates uh, pretty regularly. Uh, at this point last year, we are at 603 enrollees. A couple of months ago, we were at 623 enrollees, I want to say, maybe 628. Um, we've talked a lot with uh, Georgia, our treasurer collector, and Kathy Vandenboom, our HR director. Um, and... Um, the December-January timeframe really seems to be the sweet spot and when you're looking out for future years in terms of stability. Uh, so this is our headcount as of January. Frank? Yep. Can I uh, interrupt you just for a second? We have yeah. two, two people that have raised their hands. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So Sorry why, don't we, why don't we go with Brent first? And yeah, you ask, want... ask your question. Thanks. I just want to make sure I understand this. <clears throat> just that upper left part of the spreadsheet. So over half the people for whom we are uh, providing health care insurance 
are actually retired. Am I understanding that right? Yes. Okay. Okay, Emily, you're yeah, next. Yeah, uh, related question. Um, uh, Christine alluded to earlier how if someone retired but was under requirements for Medicare, they would automatically get put on the MedEx plan. But when they are eligible for, for Medicare, how much of their insurance are we paying? We pay 50% uh, of the MedEx 2 plan, which is the Medicare wrap plan. And then, but what does Medicare pay? They, they because they get their health insurance directly through Medicare, we wouldn't know that. We only cover them on the Medicare wrap plan. But I guess what I'm asking is like, it is is the town paying for them because they were town employees until death? Or because like if when I am done working, right, like Medicare is going to pay for me through the federal government. I'm just asking like the difference. So we don't pay into Social Security. So as a, as a municipal employee, we don't pay into Social Security. So when I say, give the example that I have 10 people who are not eligible for Medicare, it's because they have always worked as a municipal employee and won't be eligible for Medicare under Social Security. Oh. Yeah. So in that, so, so in that case, they never end up going on Medicare? That is correct. So we're right now we have about 10, 10, uh, 10 subscribers who at this point will not go under the MedEx 2 plan. They will stay on the HMO plan because they're not eligible for that. It happens very rarely. It happens yeah. when you have two municipal employees who get married who have always worked for the municipal government. What you'll find a lot of times is that our employees who retire are eligible for Medicare through a spouse, and then we provide the Medicare wrap plan for them, which is the MedEx too. Okay. And then they pay 50%, the of other percent Correct. So that's less advantageous to them, obviously. Like, Right. Okay. So in the, in the past, um, I and I don't, I apologize, I don't know what year we made the change. You had your choice of the HMO as an as a retiree or the MedEx plan once you were after after 65 we have now mandated that we are automatically enrolled if you are eligible for Medicare you automatically have to be enrolled in the MedEx plan you can't stay on the HMO plan yeah i'd have to go back i'd have to check with georgia it might have been around 2018 that we made that change and this is this is what they call what a a wrap or supplemental to the Medicare so it's it's right. basically coverage stuff Medicare doesn't cover Correct, and, and that's why the the rate on this is so so small. It's it's most of the health insurance costs are covered by the government. Correct. This is this is your prescription uh your prescription plan and anything that Medicare won't cover. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Any more questions on uh on that, uh, Emily? No, thank you. Okay. Okay, go ahead, Frank. Okay, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so then we have um, so we have the the total headcount, and we'll talk about the fluctuation again in a second. Uh, we have the rates um, that Maya recently gave us for next year, twelve months in a year. Um, the share 
that the town covers that tends to vary for each of the plans. And then you multiply all that out to get the annual cost. Um, and this that's how you get to this 4.5 million figure right here. Uh, we have a 5% buffer here to budget for those anticipated fluctuations in our headcount. Um, traditionally, we've carried a 10% buffer. Um, and looking in the past couple of years, we're comfortable at this point lowering that to 5%. Uh, and again, the intention for um, or the purpose of carrying that is to budget for those people that might hop on, might hop off, might switch from a family or excuse me, from an individual plan to a family plan. Um, we don't know what people are going to do come open enrollment or other life changes. So that's the purpose of carrying that buffer. Um, so that's uh, also we've had a we've had a history of uh, teachers uh, aging out of their family plan at twenty six and joining the town's plan. So, so after we get to that 4.8 figure, um, we start budgeting for the things that Christine mentioned uh, that were negotiated through the PEC agreement. Uh, so we're offering a, the town is offering a partial premium discount in December, 2024. That'll be $250 uh, per individual and $500 on the family plans. We're also establishing the FSA fees for all employees, town and school. We estimate that to be about $4 per month per employee, uh, or excuse me, per user. Uh, so we estimate that to be roughly about $14,000. In fiscal, excuse me, in fiscal 24, we budgeted for $9,000 for HSA matches. We anticipate those uh, increasing by a total of $8,000. Uh, given that we'll be matching an additional $400 for individual plans and $800 on family plans. Uh, and then we have an additional tax that we have to pay to the state for um, some of our employees. Um, and that's what gets us to the total of $4.9 million and, and change um, that we were able to determine and budget for uh, again on Friday after we got our budget, or excuse me, our rates from Maya. So initially in the financial forecast, uh, we had anticipated a 5% increase in uh, our health insurance budget. So that was uh, almost $5.2 million. Um, so the difference there is uh, $226,266 less than we originally budgeted for. Um, again, as a, as a result of the negotiation that the, uh, the PUC was able to agree with, with the town. Um, so I don't know if there's any specific questions about all of that information. Happy to answer any others that uh, that folks have. Any? I have a question. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I, this question may be more for Christine uh, than it is for you, Frank. But but either of you can take it. I I think when you were describing, and I may have misunderstood this, the PEC, you talked about getting all unions involved. But Brent then asked the question, is that chart correct that 300 people, approximately half the people we're covering are retirees covered by one of the two MedEx plans. Are, are they non-participants in the PEC program? No, thank you, Peter. You actually pointed out something I forgot to mention. In the PEC, you have a representative from each union, and then you have a, also a representative for the retirees. And they automatically carry 10% of the vote 
uh, in that weighted vote structure. Uh, and Martha Moon was our retiree representative appointed by the state. Uh, Martha was a former teacher in town. Um, so they do have, the retirees do have a seat at the table. Um, this agreement did not look at uh, the MedEx rates. Everything was kept the same. The MedEx rate for the retirees is set in January. Um, we've had really great experience on that. I believe we had three years at 0%. This past year is the first time we've seen an increase, and that was a 6% increase. Um, but this only dealt with the current active employees in terms of rate increase for the PEC. Okay. Thank you. Looks like uh, Jill has a question. Go ahead, Jill. Yeah, thanks. So um, just a question. So the insurance budget starts with that 5% buffer included? Yes. Come yes. 2026, will, do you expect a turn back? Because you won't need the buffer? Um, so, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead, Christine. I would say it's impossible to predict that. I don't know who will come on the plan, whether it's a life event, whether or not it um, open enrollment, this new plan uh, design may be more attractive to people. I anticipate now that we have increased the HSA contribution for those on the HMO high deductible plan, and you'll see that that's up in the, in the corner on the left, that's the Access Blue New England Saver high deductible plan. You'll see right now we have very few people that take advantage of that. Part of that issue is the cost of that high deductible plan didn't make it attractive enough for me to not just say, well, I'll take the HMO and pay a little bit more money, but not have to worry about it. We've changed that to make the high deductible more attractive. So I'm anticipating uh, a migration from people on the regular HMO plan, which is the HMO Blue New England. You see that's the, our highest active employee group. Uh, I'm anticipating a, a migration of the high deductible, which may also eat into that 5% buffer as well. So I can't really give you an answer on if there will be a turn back. I may potentially have to come to you and say, we've had great turnout. Everybody wants to join the high deductible um, and we may need some, some reserve fund money for that. So, and, and, you know, the other way I look at this, Jill, is like that that's buffer is about $225,000. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if, if you if you just all you need is, you know, you saw the cost of some of these plans, right? Uh, mm -hmm. they, you know, they get pretty pricey. So, you know, that um, if let's say say it's a twenty thousand dollars for a family plan. I think it's more than that. But say it's 20, then that's that's like 10. You know, that's 10 people. Uh, all you need is 10 people to either age out. Uh, turn 26 and say I want to I want right. to you know, opt into the the town's plan and you know <clears throat> there's all sorts of things that could happen that's, that's sure like, yeah I understand I just was wondering the general nature of it year over year how that yeah. ended up so this this is a smaller buffer than we've had in the past okay. um, and part of that is because the timing of the rates uh, sometimes we don't get the rates until after we've already considered this budget so we're um, we've carried a higher buffer in there uh, in the past. But whatever buffer doesn't get used does close to free cash. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, I was just curious, like, yeah. year over year, how, what happens? <laughs> but I mean, it all goes up, right? No question. But with the yeah. saving that was on the other page, about 400,000, it seems like it, it kind of shifts 
a little bit elsewhere. Um, but the add back to this year's budget is great. So it's a really good job. Yeah, and our and our premium holiday savings uh, with the employees is a is a one year of the three year deal. Um, so that premium holiday is only for the first year of the agreement. Okay, great. Any other questions on health insurance? Recording in progress. In progress. Is that Ed talking? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get in on the computer as opposed to my iPhone. <laughs> okay. You might want to mute one of them. All right. Okay, I think we solved the problem. <laughs> um, so, um, so at any rate, um, uh, I, I I just wanted to say, uh, um, you know, Christine, personally, I think what you've what you've done uh, with this budget uh, is is amazing. Um, you know, faced with with the increases that we've had, we thought, I know we you've been working on this for a long time. You know, you got involved in in the in the association that that looks at this you know across the state, and uh, you know the town is in a better position because of your efforts and uh, making this a, a an important uh, point of negotiation this budget year. Um, you know, the the everybody can see the answer. It's a it's a great answer that. Uh, we thought it was easy to do last year, but it wasn't as easy. And uh, I think it's great that um, you've achieved the savings that that you have. So thank you. Personally, I just want to thank you. So. I, I appreciate that, but I would be remiss, remiss if I did not thank uh, the members of the PEC uh, who were tremendous. Uh, if I can just take a, a quick second and name them for you, because we did a tremendous amount of work in a very short amount of time over the holiday season. Um, and that was Nancy McLaughlin, who represented the teachers union, Diana Malesko, who represented the teachers aides, um, Bob Bond represented the custodians and the cafeteria union. Uh, Martha Moon, as I mentioned, um, represented the retirees. James Moses represented the police union and Paul Schleicher represented the fire union. And on the town side, I owe uh, a debt of gratitude both to Frank, Kathy Vandenboom, our HR person, and Michael LaFrancesca, who sat with me and went over these numbers over and over and over again um, with everybody. So I really appreciate it. It was, it was a full team effort, both from the employee and the employer side, and just goes to show you what a great relationship we have with the, AI, the IAC. When I originally talked to our labor council, and wanted to pursue this option. And I began talking about this back in 2019 when I took over and then the pandemic uh, hit and I did not wanna change anybody's health insurance, uh, obviously during a global health crisis. So we put this on hold for a few years. When I went to our labor council, they said I was crazy and that you should take the chapter 32B, 21 to 23 mandate it. Um, it'll be so easy. And I said, I can't take the easy way out. We have a great relationship with our employees and I need one shot to make this work and sit down at the table and have a conversation with them. And they were so open to it um, and so receptive to try and save not only themselves, but the, the town uh, in the health insurance budget as well. So I, I really thank everybody for the team effort. Great. 
Well, that's that's uh, excellent. Um, okay, um, uh, Frank, do you want to kind of summarize the guidance now uh, and take us through the changes? Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> let me just open up the. So I uh, in the packet, um, I sent out. Uh, there were a few line items in the forecast. Um, or in, I guess in the, the budget spreadsheet that were highlighted, and those were the items that are changed. So I can um, run through those now. Uh, starting at the top with state aid, we had uh, budgeted for, I believe, a 1.86% increase. Um, it actually came in at a little bit more than 2.06, uh, which uh, is a net increase to the operating budget of 16000 almost 17000 the other piece of state aid is actually this, the, the assessments that were given by this, or not given, that basically what they take out of our state aid, and those um, went down, which we can talk about in a minute, but um, the, the the payments that we received uh, only went up slightly, um, about $17,000. Our enterprise fund offset, this one could still change just a little bit, but a big piece of that is the health insurance rates. And actually, before I talk a little bit more about that, let me just take a step back and explain maybe what the enterprise fund offset is. So the two enterprise funds that the town operates, water and sewer departments, uh, the term enterprise basically indicates that they are, for lack of a better term, their own businesses. They should be self-sustaining. Uh, they collect revenues for usage. Um, and then those revenues basically fund the operations of those uh, two enterprises. Um, so no general fund monies should be used to basically subsidize um, those uh, those two departments, at least in, in Medfield. Um, however, there are employees and other operational needs that those departments have that the town pays for. Things like... Um, health care benefits or um, certain facilities, for instance, uh, staff the sewer department uh, work in the DPW building. And so basically what we do every year, uh, mainly in the accounting department, is figure out all the costs that those two departments have um, that the town essentially pays for uh, on behalf of them. And then we figure out a way for those for those two departments to reimburse the town for those costs. And so the last big piece that we were waiting for in determining that was um, for the employees that are on the town offered health insurance, what their rates were going to be next year. So again, the town is paying for those up front. Those two enterprise funds are re reimbursing the town for those costs. Uh, so um, we revised that on Friday after we received the health care rates, um, and that went up uh, 61000 from where be initially forecasted. Um, these ones I did not highlight yellow because they changed so small, um, but or the change was so small, excuse me, but our workers' compensation insurance and professional general liability and professional insurance line items were originally forecasted to increase 5% each. Those actually came in at 4.5%. Um, so the, the add back to the operational budget or the operating budget, excuse me, is about $2,800. Uh, health insurance, we've talked about a little bit um, tonight already. We had a 5% increase there. Um, 
the total increase that we're forecasting now is just 0.41%. And obviously on a $5 million uh, budget, that is a huge savings back to the operating budget. Uh, again, about $226,000. Scrolling down to the state aid offsets and state assessments. Um, the big one here was we had anticipated our state assessments to be a little bit higher. Um, they were actually $41,000 lower than we anticipated. The last item is our vocational school assessment from Tri-County. We had estimated a very small increase given that our headcount uh, at Tri-County has been pretty stable. However, we did add one student which means that the assessment came in about $17,000 higher than we anticipated. I should mention also that in the future years, there will be a capital assessment uh, added to that uh, assessment. Right now it's fairly small, given that the new school building project uh, for Tri-County is in its early stages, um, but there will be some discussions in the future about how to, how to pay for that uh, capital assessment for Medfield's share of the new school building project. So if you were to scroll all the way down to the budget spreadsheet, you'd see those uh, six squares um, highlighted in yellow. Given all the changes that I just ran through, uh, the sort of add back that would be available for the operating budgets of the school and the town departments would be $247,951 for the schools and $82,650 uh, for the town. And again, that's basically taking all of that increase that I just ran through, uh, given the changes to the forecast, and then uh, allocating the, the leftover revenue, 75% for the school, 25% uh, for the town departments. Um, so I believe in the fall when we met, we had a 4.1% increase for the schools and 4.2% for the town departments. That increases to 4.7% for the schools and 4.8% for the town departments, given the uh, updates to the forecast. Um, those are pretty much the last major var variables that were outstanding. So I don't think Christine or I see any other major changes to the forecast, uh, unless something unforeseen should happen. Um, but obviously, this is a, a good result <laughs> that we're going in, in one direction and, and not the other. Um, Happy to take any questions on that. And but Jill, I know you have your hand up. I don't know if that's from the last time or. It is. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't. Uh, if, if people remember, um, we did. We did uh, send out a. Uh, a a memo with that guidance and we voted on it in the fall. And, um, you know, I think from my perspective, I don't see, I, I know we, we just heard from Frank and Christine that uh, they don't see any changes coming, you know, uh, in the future on this, this guidance. Um, the only thing I could potentially see is some type of a, which would be really rare if the state governor just somehow said we we goofed up our budget and came out in the next few weeks and said you know they changed changed the the local aid but i don't i don't anticipate that happening so uh i don't know what people think about um uh updating the guidance that we provided in the fall with this new guidance 
Um, and then, you know, moving forward with this as our uh, proposed budget for the town meeting. Are there any uh, questions or, or thoughts on that? Yeah, Steve, I think it's uh, I think it's appropriate to update the guidance, um, given that this is a change in the number and uh, give that direction to the town and to the school based upon these changes. And I would say, given where we are, that this would be our hope to be our final position from the Warren Committee, that uh, that these numbers are the guidance that we look each each group to come forward on and uh, to meet this number. Yeah. yeah, I would I would tend to agree with that. I don't know if anybody has any other thoughts. Okay. Did you um oh there's it's like there's oh, there's a question. Um, let Ed go first. Go ahead. Oh, it's it looks like Ed's got a question. Go ahead, Ed. You got to unmute your phone, Ed. There we go. You there? Yep. Yep. Uh, Frank, if you could tell me the 4312411, um, that's a little bit different number than I have as of the moment. Can you tell me where that came from? Uh, sorry, Ed. Uh, sure. So that is um, basically, okay, now I see it. So uh, for the school department, um, or actually it's the same for the town departments as, as well, um, we take <laughs> all, of, all of the fixed costs uh, that we laid out in the fall and then subtract out... Um, or sub subtract from that, or I guess we take all of our revenues, we take all of the fixed costs, and then uh, we subtract the fixed costs from the revenues. Everything that's left gets split 75, 25 between the school and the town. Okay, okay, that, I'm sorry. I, uh, yeah, I understand the that mathematics and how you arrive at that. And okay, which is different, that number, so it is different than their current proposal. Right. So uh, I think, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. Is so okay. yeah. Right. So just uh, just right. by way of, by way of background, their um, the guidance in the fall was four point one for the school. Right. Yeah. They came in at uh, well, we haven't met with them, but their latest presentation to the school department, uh, the school committee, was four point eight uh, percent increase. Right. So this would um, this is this is less than that. It's, it's four point seven, right? Uh, and so we would, you know, at least I, my thoughts are we would expect them to, uh, you know, for in a budget of forty three million, find the difference. Right. Okay. So now, now again, okay, now that makes sense because the two forty seven you're giving to the schools in is already inherent in the forty three one one yes. two. Yes, that's right. That's already in there. So now, now that reconciles to what I have. Yeah. And so I can see the difference. I can see the difference that they need to work on. 
Okay. Yeah, I think it's like what seventy or eighty thousand yeah. dollars or something. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I've got yeah, one eighty-three. So it's like yeah, so, yes. Seventy one thousand, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So and, and to that point, I guess a clearer way to put it should have been we took uh what they what we initial what was initially the guidance, we added in the quote unquote new revenues that are now available given the change in the forecast. And that I guess becomes no. sort of the new guidance. Yeah, no, I get it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I have a question. Um, just yes. to, maybe it's just you know, it's my first time through this process, but we were. I, I heard um, referring to the guidance. I, I read. I fully understood the guidance we gave at the few months ago at the beginning of this process, but um, I'm a little confused on how we talked. How we were talking about updated guidance. What is what is that? So, and Steve or Bob, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think. What I, I use that term, um, given that we've updated the forecast, given that uh, there's been some changes to some of the major expense line items that yeah. we initially predicted back in the fall. Um, I think updated guidance, I was referring to um, new monies that would be available given that certain costs came in less than expected so that we no longer have to budget for a 5% increase for health insurance, for instance. Uh, that money that we would have uh, budgeted for that is now available for town and school um, operating budget increases. Uh, Steve, you may yeah. want to give yeah. a little bit because this is just to be clear, the guidance is coming from the warrant committee. It's not Frank's or the town's guidance. It's our right. guidance to them. And so, yeah. you, so it, the incremental revenue um, allows us to provide a higher target to the town and to the schools given this amount. And we're doing that in the ratio of the 75-25 where the guidance comes in. But I want to be clear that this is a warrant com committee guidance uh, to the town, not from the town. But Steve, you can probably yeah, articulate yeah. that better. Let me just add to that, I guess. So, you know, when we issued the letter in the in October, which was our first communication of the Warrant Committee's guidance, budget guidance for the 25 budget, um, it was understood that, you know, there were sort of two big areas that could change this either up or down. You know, we, 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 we could be talking about a decrease in the guidance, but Instead, we're talking about an increase. The state could have come back with less aid than we thought, um, and the health insurance thing could have blown up. But we have a good story here, and the, and so we are now in a position where we uh, uh, I would propose that we um, amend the guidance provided as a warrant committee uh, in um, in October to this new guidance of 4.7 and 4.8% increase. Does that help answer your question? Because of the top line increase. It's because of, well, I don't know what you mean by top line, the, 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 the increase in this local aid and the uh, fact that the health insurance 
is lower. Fixed cost, because when we come, the way we come up with the guidance is we take revenue minus cost, fixed What's cost. Right, yeah. So the fixed cost for health insurance went down, which is increases the amount available. Does that that make sense? Yeah. So uh, we had a favorable right. result, and that's allowing us to update our guidance. Is is what you're saying? Yes. Yes. And Steve, just to um, I'm sorry, I, to clarify as well that. Um, you know, this is the first year that we've applied this approach, right. which essentially has been, here's what we have as our best estimate on what revenues will be available to the town. And then we take the fixed costs, as Steve said, and we say, okay, this is what's available for the, quote, discretionary budgets between the departments. And um, the reason I wanted to, because it, it, we haven't done that in the past. In the past, we've waited for them to come in with a number, and then we'd, we'd backtrack. And this has been a very much more productive process. The, the, the piece that I'd like to emphasize here is, given where we are in this process, um, and where all the departments have been along and every every department that we've heard from um, has met constraints within their budget nobody gets everything they want but they they work within those guidelines that were given given the the progress that's been made and the clarification on these two items Steve I I, I would suggest that we look at this as more more directive than guidance. Now, you know, departments can come in with their number, um, you know, as they are, as they are. But I think from a warrant committee perspective, this should be our directive to say this is amount that's available to the town and to the schools for them to spend in the 2025 budget. Yeah, I guess I would put it, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I would just put it a little differently and say, that uh, it's the preference of the ward committee that we not have an override right. uh, and that this guidance allows us to not have an override. And that um, if, I guess, theoretically, if one of the, the broader groups thinks differently, they could, you know, sort of uh, bring forth uh, an override uh, proposal uh, and push and push that at town meeting. But and I think it's the, you know, the, the preference of this committee has always been to avoid an override. Um, and, you know, I think um, we're certainly very close. I think, you know, keep in mind that that first guidance we gave to the town of 4.2, they, they first, their first pass at the budget, they had, they, they met that guidance and they came, they have unmet needs still. This, change in the in the guidance allows them to maybe meet some of those unmet needs not all of them and it also allows the town school department i mean the school department to to deal with a uh you'll hear about it uh at the next meeting but they they have a uh a cost issue with special education this year uh and this allows uh most of that issue to be resolved so um, 
So, you know, I, I, I would, I would, um, if, unless there's a disagreement on sort of the, the, what we're, we're talking about here, my proposal would be that we, um, that we, we sort of vote on this new guidance and then I will, um, send a, uh, a one paragraph, uh, email, um, you know, documenting that, that we, we had this, you know, this updated guidance and, and this is, uh, you know, exp you know, basically get, letting people know this is the expectation of what we would move forward with a balanced budget for a town meeting within the Prop 2.5 override limits. And Steve, so just to clarify, the, the guidance is something that we would produce annually when we start budget season, right? When we get into the process. So it's not a standing for point eight percent right it's just what we're working with for fiscal year 2025 right it's just yeah this is a, a yearly guidance right we're not we're not telling them every year this is the guy this is the increase no no that, i'm not that good <laughs> <laughs> well and, and i and i think and I, and, and I think it's important to to say you know steve you're you're better at this you're more diplomatic uh, you know the point i'm making is this is how much we have and uh, to your point, this is what the town can can uh, can spend on each one of this, and and the distribution of this goes to the select board. It goes to the school board. It goes to the to the town. Right? I mean, th th that's it's clarity that you know. In the past, we've gone through this of whose budget it is. Well, this is the proposed budget that comes from the Warren Committee. In, in what you call a guidance or directive, I think at this point, this is what's available. And as you said, if you need more money to go someplace else, it's only going to come from uh, an, an, an article to uh, to do an override of this amount that's available. Any questions on that? Thought, additional thoughts or, okay. I don't have a question, but I just wanted to say that um, I think I'm really grateful that I joined this year because the way it all proceeded, it sounded like in previous years, it was a little, not like confusing or all over the place, but certainly like coming in the back door of, you know, money and then trying to scramble towards the end, but to and watching the school committee meetings, seeing Dr. Morrison saying that this made the process a little easier for them was just a nice introduction to this for me personally. And so I just really thank you for that because um, everybody here, especially Steve and Frank and Christine did a lot to help us new members with that. And I also understand that it's not always going to be like that. You know, I hear these departments having needs and you know, some year we may need an override, but it's certainly nice this year. It was so far seeming relatively smooth. So just wanted to share that. Yeah, well, no, thanks. I think Christine would and Frank would agree with uh, your comments about the process this year. I know there seems everybody likes the new process. So we, we have been talking about this process um, since 2019. So it was nice to finally implement it. And, you know, I just thank the Warren Committee for being, a part of the process and engaging in that process of wanting to do that process of doing a consensus revenue um, and kind of flipping the budget 
you know, guide timeline. I'm not going to say guidance, but a timeline uh, a little bit. So thank you guys for being so receptive to implementing it. Well, Emily, your characterization of the past processes wasn't too far off. So chaos. Let's just call it chaos. Organized chaos. I do agree with Bob that it might benefit from clarity to maybe not use the same word again. I don't know the directive is a bit strong, but uh, just in terms of optics or, or being clarity, being clear on how this is different from that, rather than we change, we sort of change it. Um, we might benefit from some verb, verbiage that's a, a little clearer, but um, I think that the, it sounds great to me. I think if I if I can just give you um, some assistance on that, I would frame your fall guidance um, based on the revenue consensus that we had at the time and the knowledge we had back in the fall. Um, and there has been additional revenue based on the two things we discussed tonight, the increase in the local aid uh, and the health insurance. So based on the increase in that revenue, um, that that's the change. And it's not a change just because you're changing the directive. It's a change based on actual revenue that can be uh, counted upon within that budget. So maybe it's guidance based on updated revenues and costs or something. Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, I I uh, that's a those are good comments, and uh, I will uh, when I draft up the communication, I'll certainly make make the make those comments. Well. Um, uh, Unless there's any other uh, comments or questions, I would entertain a motion to approve um, the new updated um, FY25 budget numbers. So moved. Second. Second. Okay, let's do a roll call. Um, so let's see, uh, Jill? Yes. Okay, Bob? Yes. Brent? Yes. Emily? Yes. Um, Peter Michelson? Yes. Pete Saladino? Yes. Deb? Yes. And Ed Vizella? Yes. Okay, did I get everybody? I think, and Steve Callahan, I'm a yes. Okay, motion passes. All right. All right, so I think we can go on to our next agenda items. And I think, um, I know Jill, um, Jill had a preference that she had, she, I think she has quite a few of these town department budgets. So if she can do all of hers at once, I do. I want to fly through them if that's okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you take uh, over the uh, the departments you want to cover. Okay. So I believe I've got health, veterans, Memorial Day Fund, um, the Cultural Council to review, and um, I'm just trying to pull open the meeting packet again because just had it all queued up. Sorry about that. There we go. Are you guys you want me to share or do you want well, I'll just walk through them if you guys have it open? Uh Frank, do you do you have can you share that? 
the budget, the department budgets. <clears throat> okay, there you go. There's health yeah. department. Okay, great. So, um, health department um, is level funded. No, no increase here um, from last year's approved budget. Does anyone have any Let's questions about any of these line items? Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Okay. The next item was veterans services. So we actually saw um, a slight decrease in the operating expenses for veteran services. Um, and Frank jump in whenever, but this is largely due to veterans benefits um, and benefits appropriation being reduced as there are less number of veterans in town um, utilizing the services. Um, that's largely the change uh, here. Any questions on veterans? Um, we also then have Memorial Day. Um, nothing, no change from last year. That's to supply uh, out in town the um, decor for the Memorial Day. Um, for the parade? Yes. Thank you. And then we also have the Arts and Cultural Council. Um, no change from last year. That's actually a reimbursed grant from the state. So we, you know, put up the budget for it. it gets reimbursed through the programs that are submitted from Medfield, and um, they it helps support um, arts and music programs in town. Um, there's a whole um, website out there on on all of that, but. Um, it supports things like some of the jazz festivals, um, Shakespeare in the park, things like that, that you see going on around town, certainly in the warmer months. Okay. And I believe that was the rest of mine, unless I missed one, but. Okay. No real, no real changes on, on those. So. Um, that, they seem pretty straightforward. Yes, they are. Okay. Um, so that leaves us with the sealer of weights and measures and historical commission. Um, I don't know, Frank or Christine, if you want to quickly cover those. Yep. So I can take care of those. So, uh, sealer of weights and measures, uh, you will see if you're looking at, um, budgets with the largest overall percentage increase, uh, sealer of weights and measures wins with 144% increase. Um, which is actually only a $4,600 increase. Um, and that is due to uh, the retirement of our former um, sealer of weights and measures. And we have now uh, have a new person in place and we have an intermunicipal agreement with Millis and Medway. And we have uh, one shared employee for the three towns uh, that handles all of the sealer of weights and measures. So we shouldn't see that type of increase every year. It's just because of the new agreement. Just because of the new agreement, uh, the cost of the the salary sharing and uh, Medway is the primary office for the sealer of weights and measures. 
and Millis Medway and uh, Medfield share in all of it's a full-time uh, position. So we share in the um, health insurance, all of the costs through Medway. So, okay. Just our portion salary and, and benefits offset. Okay, good. So I think that's, those are the departments that we had on the agenda for tonight. Um, Christine, I don't know if you're prepared to talk about it now or maybe at our next meeting might be better, but uh, as a result of the, the new budget um, that we just changed for fiscal 25, we just voted on, there'll be in, an increase to the town um, piece of it. And um, are, are you uh, prepared to talk about how that might change your budgets? Uh, not this evening. Um, I have a back of the envelope calculation of uh, items that I had to cut from department head requests. Um, now that I have, once I receive the official guidance, I'll be meeting back with those departments. I, I do have a list of cuts that I will restore to my budget. Um, I want to make everybody, I know there was some, it seemed easy for us to do this because we showed it to you, but you didn't get to see all of the meetings we had with department heads and the disappointment when we couldn't fund certain things. So uh, we appreciate the increase in the revenue and we'll we'll go back and be prepared to present uh, what we're restoring to our budget. Okay, okay, good. Um, there is a question online um, from uh, Chris McHugh Potts. Uh, I think this might be Jill that says, just to double check, the arts cultural amount represents the town match to mass cultural council amount. So in essence, the cultural group get more than what is shown due to state reimbursement, question mark. So I don't know if- uh, um, To my understanding, that line item is fully reimbursed through grants. So there's no other funds going through right. town budget for that program. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, our next agenda item is um, the uh, school building committee update. So uh, yeah, Peter. I'll be I'll be very brief. We we voted uh, just last night to award a contract to. Gosh, I'm forgetting the name uh, to a company called uh, Sorry, Future Thinks. Sorry, not a name that comes trippingly. We only got two responses as we asked for a quick turnaround time. This company uh, had done a lot of work rep for school departments and school systems. Uh, both in Massachusetts and throughout the country. And they were actually the lower cost of the two bids that came in. So the combination of uh, the lower cost and to my mind, more importantly, the, their extensive experience doing this kind of demographic and enrollment uh, study uh, sort of carried the day. And that was a unanimous vote to approve them. And the other action last night was just a vote to authorize the superintendent and the school committee to send a, I understand it's just a couple page long statement of interest to the MSBA to at least get the process rolling to be in a position to apply uh, for this to coming, in this coming December's cycle. 
So that process, I think, now has to go to the full school committee and also to the full uh, board of selectmen, select board, excuse me. But um, they, uh, that's not the expectation and hope is that won't be particularly controversial either place. Okay. Peter, I'm sorry if I missed it. Is the firm uh, of the bid we accepted for feasibility study? No, no, this is just a, a much smaller than that. This is for a demographic and enrollment study. Oh, sorry if I wasn't clear in the way I spoke. I could have missed it. No, thank you. Um, okay. Um, next agenda item is the um, recommended uh, free cash usage appropriations for, uh, for FY24. Um, and um, Frank, I don't know if you can uh, put up on the screen. Yes, okay. So just by way of background, you remember uh, sometime in the fall, I think it was October, we, we had a preliminary discussion about the amount of free cash and what what were some you know ranges and ideas of the use of that free cash. Um, since that time, there's been you know uh, some changes and sort of uh, thinking, I guess, and some new new um, new requirements, not requirements, new new needs that have arisen that we didn't know about back in the fall, and so. Um, this is the latest uh, recommended usage. A lot of the, a lot of the uh, line items you will recognize. Some of the amounts might change from what we talked about, but um, and then there's there's some new items on here. Um, and so I'm going to let um, either Christine or Frank take us through this. Yep, I'll walk you through it. Okay. Um, so the amount of certified free cash is 5,142,310. Uh, that has not changed since we uh, presented that to you last time. And I'll just go through and describe each one of these to you. So the Dale Street Route 27 Mitigation Fund, this is money that was set aside when Medfield Meadows uh, came in for their approval. And that's the development at the corner of um, 27 and Dale Street. They had given the town a mitigation payment of 98,567. And that is for uh, improvements to the signalization of that intersection, as well as the replacement. If any of you walk down there, they're in desperate need of replacement. Um, the crosswalk signs uh, that look horrendous. Um, we're hoping to replace those once this uh, money has been reappropriated. So that money was received into, uh, into the town. There was no mitigation fund set up at the time and no mechanism for that to be transferred anywhere. So it closed to free cash. And that now needs to be appropriated into this mitigation fund so that we can spend that money and replace those horrendous crosswalk signs um, to maybe updated, updated ones past 1955. So we're working on that. Um, the next one is a new item. This is the Medfield State Hospital Maintenance and Security. For anybody who watched the Trinity meeting the other night, uh, they are taking by right their uh, two six-month extensions and closing on that. So they will not be closing this year. Um, we did not anticipate we would have to continue with maintenance and security. So I have put a, a $50,000 payment in here for that. 
Um, I am working with Trinity actively to try and get them to cover um, more of the costs so that that burden does not fall back on the taxpayers in Medfield. We are recommending uh, to not transfer to the general stabilization fund. We've had uh, steady increases to the general stabilization fund. I'll let uh, Steve discuss that further once I finish this list. Um, we have our annual, this will be the third year, transfer to the capital stabilization fund of $700,000. Um, we have park and recreation capital projects. This was, if you'll recall, we had the discussion with parks and recreation, and I believe last fall as well, their uh, recreation revolving fund at the end of the year cannot have more than $10,000 in it. And it had 78,000. So 68,000 had to be closed to the town's free cash. We earmarked that for them to go back into their capital projects. And that is part slated to be part of the capital plan. We have a recommendation of transfer to the new school tax impact mitigation fund at 750,000. We have transfer to a special education reserve fund, which will also be a new fund. That's $205,000. We have recommended a school building committee feasibility study. This will be our third year, uh, and we're recommending $650,000. We have our transfer to the OPEB trusts, which by financial policy is $551,250. The Conservation Commission has a capital project they're working on. They requested uh, a warrant article. I have been meeting with the chair and anticipate meeting with the full board of Conservation Commission to incorporate this potentially into um, the capital budget. So this request actually may go away, but it stands as of today. Um, the Select Board Economic Vitality Fund, this was a yearly appropriation uh, given to the Select Board to support projects such as the Downtown Stroll, um, the Garden Club, uh, and there's several other uh, groups that have come to us to do projects in the downtown. That has been funded in the past by ARPA, uh, we anticipated the next two years being funded by ARPA, but we've run into a little um, a little sticky situation with the county on that. Um, so we're working through that. And then we do have a small amount, 8,000 for revolving funds. This year, we're proposing setting up the EV charger revolving fund, a council on aging revolving fund, and an increase to the vaccine revolving fund. So that's a total of 8,000. So that brings us to a total, uh, a little over 3 million. It would leave the free cash balance at 2,026,493. And we're required to have, in order to meet the financial policy, the policy, the free cash required on hand is 1,975,822. So that leaves, uh, in this recommendation, that leaves $50,672,000 available in free cash to be spent or returned to the free cash balance. Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> Um, that was a lot of words. So if anyone yeah. has any questions, I'm happy to discuss it. I, I have a question. Sure. Um, the, I, have, I fully support it, but the transfer the, to the school tax impact mitigation fund, that mm -hmm. has to be voted on at town meeting, right? So all of these do. These will either be warrant articles or transfers within the budget. So yes, that yeah. would need to yeah. be. Yeah. Doesn't exist. That the tax impact mitigation fund doesn't exist yet, does it? That, yeah, that's no. correct, Peter. That's that's, correct. Not, that's that's correct, Peter. Yeah. But I think I think Christine's point is that every single line item here will be a part of an article uh, at okay. town meeting because yeah. because it's it's appropriating free cash. So 
It has to have its own separate article. But then well, won't we have there'll, to have be, there'll, be, there'll be two articles for the tax mitigation. Yeah, okay. There'll be one to create it and then one to transfer this free cash. Okay. Yeah. I I, I anticipate doing that within one article. Um Okay. Yeah. Um, but yes. Now that you say I, that I, 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 I said that before. I assume that's the that'll be the case for special ed too, right? That is correct. It should right. Yeah. Okay. So you know you'll you'll do it all in one article. Okay. Yeah, we run we run these by legal counsel, determine whether or not they, they need to be two articles or one. We like to keep them as one. I think it's less confusing for people when they are one article, yeah. but um you know, labor uh, legal counsel will review that and determine whether or not they need to be two articles. Yeah. So I mean I think you know, I don't know what people think about this latest here, but it it we try to, you know, um we tried to prioritize what we thought were the priorities of the town as well as um, needs. Uh, and um, there's certain line items that are just requirements like the OPEB trust one is just a, uh, something we do every year out of free cash. So um, so I think, you know, and I will make a comment on the general stabilization. Um, there, there's been a history of transferring funds into that stabilization fund. And the balance, I think, uh, don't quote me on this, but I think it's around 3.2 million. Um, and it's all invested. So it's earning, currently earning uh, uh, four or 5% interest. Um, and, you know, when you look at the purpose of that fund, it's really to, uh, to stabilize the operations of the operating budget in the event of an economic downturn or some type of, uh, you know, negative, uh, um, you know, economic event, a recession or something like that. And so, you know, in my mind, I look at sort of, uh, we, we're, we're fortunate we live in a town where everybody pays their property taxes, even in a recession, but that's not really at risk. Historically hasn't been. The only things that I think are revenues that could potentially be at risk would be the local local state aid and local receipts, which is about you know fourteen million dollars, and you know we've never had a, a year where that's you know decreased more than like ten percent. So, you know, ten percent of fourteen is like one point four million. I think you know the stabilization fund probably has two years worth of you know stabilization that could it could handle. Um, and it's going to grow without transferring money because it's invested. So that was my thinking there is that we're, we're fortunate. I think it's built up to a critical mass uh, and it's invested and relative to what's at risk and how it would be used. I think it's at a, you know, good, a good balance. Um, the other thing I'll mention is that this leaves, Frank, I don't know if you can speak to this but i think the number was when you when you do you have the spreadsheet can you show it um the the forecasted balances of uh, our reserves i <clears throat> excuse me i do however it is not updated i don't think uh, oh, okay. with these okay. with these totals okay. But I, okay i can i can do that for our our next meeting okay okay I think when we were when we were looking at it, it, it you know the, we've we've 
we've got a nice trend going with the reserves. They're, they're as a percentage of our, our expenditures, they're, I think, moving from like 8% to 9%. And it's, it's, uh, it's close to 10 or maybe slightly over 10. Uh, but Frank will go through that at our next meeting. So, what's, the, what's the thinking on the 5672 at the bottom there? That's that is just uh, I guess you you know the thinking is that you know if something comes up uh, that we don't know about within the next few weeks, um, it's 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 there to potentially deal with some of it, some of that issue that might come up. If not, it could just stay. It will just stay in free cash. We won't we won't appropriate it. Yeah, Steve, I, I think I, can you maybe just touch upon the when we talk about how we're improving our financial position, the uh the free cash, um the, the million nine seventy-five in terms of our policy. Yeah, so our our policy, uh our finan current financial policy is that um that we would maintain uh two and a quarter, I believe it is, uh Two and a quarter percent of expenditures. It's a defined term of how you how you quantify that uh, in free cash each year, um, and um, you know that's what the one point nine is. We also have reserves that are in you know the general stabilization. We have reserves that are in uh, the the town reserve fund, um, and then um, and then also. Um, you know, other other types of um, uh, the land land held for from disposition with the, from the Hinckley property. There's there's like four hundred and fifty thousand, I think, in that account. So you know, when we when you look at all of the reserves, the goal in our financial policies is to be close to uh, is it eleven percent, Christine? Yes, we have a minimum of seven and a half and a goal of nine to eleven. Um, nine, yeah. Yep. And then uh, I can tell you uh, the first year, let me just pull it up real quick. Um, hold on one second. I apologize. In fiscal year 22, when we ran uh, the reserves as a percentage of our general fund expenditures, um, fiscal year 22, we were at 7.7. .7, so we were just over our minimum. In fiscal year 23, we increased uh, our reserves and we were at 8.7% of our general fund expenditures. In fiscal year 24, we were at 10.2. We anticipate being in that same area, if not slightly higher than that. Um, so we've definitely made some, some ground in the last three years uh, in building up our reserve accounts. And, you know, some of these, these transfers we're making out of free cash will go into those reserves. So for example, the the tax impact mitigation fund, the special education reserve fund, that'll be part of our reserves, you know, so that they'll just help, you know, the performing numbers that she talked about. Correct. Yeah. Um, so that um, any, I don't think we're going to vote on this tonight, but um, this is probably when we get into articles and the financial articles, these are, You'll see articles on all these line items, and you'll see dollar amounts associated with it. That will be, you know, will, is basically what you see on the, on this page. Does it require another vote to pull it out of the uh, the reserve fund? Um, that 
how do, how does how do funds move out of the reserve funds? So it depends. It depends on the reserve fund. Um, so there's some, you know, a free cash, you know, transfer from free cash is uh, like a fifty percent vote, I think, at town meeting. A stabilization fund is typically a two thirds vote. Um, and then the special education reserve fund, the way that's going to be set up is that it will require a majority vote of the school committee and the select board. And that is set out by state statute. Yeah. Yeah, that's in the, in the statute. Uh, so it, it's really, Peter, it depends on which one you're talking about and they all have different you know, rules. But that's generally how it works. Thank you. Yeah. And I think the select board controls some of like, I think they control that economic vitality fund. That's just all within their control. That is so, within their control. That's yeah. 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 All right. Any more questions on free cash? All right. Um, Next is the article, so I'll let Christine take us to that. Sure, I don't uh, I don't think we've had a chance to go through all of these yet. I think they've been kind of sidelined the last couple of, of meetings. So I'm gonna go through them all. So I apologize if this is a repeat for anybody who's watching the select board meetings. Um, and please stop me at any time if you have any questions, interrupt me if you wanna talk about a specific article. Um, so we start out with our annual town reports uh, and that will be, uh, the calendar year 23 annual town report. We have the elected officials compensation article. We have our personnel administration plan. We have the classification and compensation plan. We have an article right now, article number five. And I apologize, I will tell you in advance that these numbers are going to change. Um, and Brittany is very upset at me for having assigned them numbers. Um, so please don't get attached to them, especially if these are your articles. You're very, um, you're very brave putting numbers down. And nobody's <laughs> happy with me. I went out on a limb and nobody's happy. Um, we have article five. We have a mo uh, an article, I'm sorry, to dissolve the opioid stabilization fund. As you remember, last year, we were given guidance by the Department of Revenue on how to handle our opioid stabilization money. Um, and they recommended all of the towns create this opioid stabilization fund. They have just recently in December reissued that guidance and said, nope, we actually don't think that's the best way for you to handle it. We'd like you to create an opioid special revenue fund. I actually have a call into the Department of Revenue. Uh, there is the, a chance that they will consider that special revenue fund does not need to be set up by town meeting, that it falls within the authority of the Department of Revenue. So that, that article number six may fall off, but it's still on there for a placeholder. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we're creating new departmental revolving accounts for the EV chargers. Parks and Recreation has put in an article to change um, their revolving account to a new departmental revolving account. And we are creating a new revolving um, departmental account for Council on Aging. And then this is an annual article. We are obligated to uh, set the fund, fund expenditure limits for those revolving funds. We have our yeah. Center Perpetual Care article. We have our local PEG access appropriation article. Um, as I mentioned, some of these will sound familiar since you just saw them on the free cash. Uh, we have the to set up the Route 27 Dale Street Traffic Mitigation Special Revenue Fund. 
uh, established the Special Education Stabilization Fund, which is also in some uh, areas called the Reserve Fund, but is a stabilization fund. We have established the Elementary School Tax Mitigation Stabilization Fund. I think uh, what is currently Article 16 established the Medfield State Hospital School Mitigation Stabilization Special Revenue Fund. This is just for those of you who might not be aware, Trinity Financial, once they close, will provide a million dollar payment uh, to the school department um, for mitigation for any new students that we receive from that development. Given the announcement that Trinity is not closing for at least uh, a year or two based on uh, what they presented the other night, we'll probably hold this article. There's no reason to set that up yet. We have some annual articles, which are transfer into the Municipal Building Stabilization Fund, the capital budget appropriation for municipal buildings, appropriation to the capital stabilization fund, capital project appropriation uh, for non-buildings. We have elementary school uh, feasibility study, prior year bills. And for those of you who love to keep track, that requires a four-fifths vote at town meeting. Um, we have our fiscal year 2025 operating budget. We have our fiscal year 2025 water and sewer enterprise uh, fund budget. We are rescinding the bond authorization that exists on the books for the Mount Nebo water tower from 2018. An appropriation to the 375th anniversary trust fund, appropriation to the economic vitality fund, appropriation for pond surveys, appropriation for conservation commission property signage, appropriation for maintenance and security at the Medfield State Hospital, appropriation for Danielson Pond, then there are some general articles. The Board of Selectmen, um, much to the surprise of the person who is currently running for town moderator, have been discussing whether or not uh, our charter calls for the town moderator to be elected each year. The select board have suggested that should be a three-year term. We are looking uh, at some housekeeping articles for zoning enforcement fees to clarify the language uh, that we currently have. There is a proposed uh, change to the dog bylaw we must authorize the select board name change in the town bylaws. For those of you who remember, we went from the board of selectmen to the select board. That's been changed everywhere, but we need special authorization to change it in the town bylaws. We have an article for Hinkley North Disposition Authority. We have one zoning article this year. Actually, uh, planning board and select board are currently meeting. I'm trying to watch both meetings at the same time. They're uh, recommending the MBTA Community Zoning District. We have one citizen's petition this year. That's the sale of the Medfield State Hospital Chapel property to Bellforge. They currently have a 99-year lease with us. And then the last article is free cash. We hold that in case there are any changes to the free cash recommendations uh, by the town. Um, and I'm happy to say we have not had to use uh, the last article for the last three years, which has been great. That's Anybody? where we are. <laughs> Anybody have questions on any of these articles? You. Okay. All right. I think we are coming to the end of our agenda, I remember. Um, so, Christine, is there anything else you wanted to update us on from town finance or anything? Um no, I think you've I think you've heard a lot from us uh, tonight where we are and how we're working to restore some of the cuts we've made in our budget. I know that Jeff and Michael will be doing the same on their budget, and I hope to be presenting a 
a final balanced budget uh, to both the select board and the Warren Committee very shortly. Okay, great. All right. Um, any informational items? Anything anybody wants to bring up, talk about? All right. Not hearing any. I was, oh, there is a question. Hold on a second. Um, that's, I don't know if it's a question or a comment. It says, my apologies. I forgot how the Cultural Council allocation works. In 2014, we approved the town meeting article that began to match Medfield Cultural Council funding received from Massachusetts lottery proceeds. The total Cultural Council allocation for town meeting for 25 would represent combined lottery proceeds and town match. So there would be no additional funds coming for the groups. Sorry for any confusion, Chris. Okay, I think that's just a comment. Um, all right. So unless there's anything else, I would entertain a motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn. Second. Okay. Let's uh, do a roll call. Uh, Ed? Yes. Okay, Bob? Yes. Jill? Yes. Uh, Brent? Yes. Peter Michelson? Yes. Emily? Yes. Deb? Yes. Peter Saladino? Yes. And Steve Callahan, I am a yes. We are adjourned. Motion passes. Have a good evening, everyone. Thanks,